0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like Forge FX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact.
0: Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't even figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to.
1: Joe. You're an idiot. And really a disloyal person. This This
0: is the CUSE militia. Now, those two unapologetically biased
1: orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome Orange Men and Ladies. Happy Monday. This is the QS Militia with Sean and Joe at Qs Militia on the socials. Go there. Join the Militia. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. We are back. Um, stuff's not working. There we go. Sorry. No, it made a click. Um, <laughs> we're back. We told you we'd be back if there was news to talk about and here we are. So we didn't lie this time.
0: Now we knew that there was going to be news coming out about TBT at some point, and per usual,
1: one that's or two right days after.
0: after we do it, the news comes out. So.
1: And that's typical. That's fine. It's fine. But uh, just a little bit to talk about. I want to do it now because um, we've got a packed week. I actually be going to Charlotte at some point. Might go see Joe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Might playing. Um so alright. Well I don't have I don't have anything to bloviate about or promote. So it's been quiet on that front, which is kinda nice. Not sure. You know, I don't have to be be pushy about products and whatnot in the uh, the next newfangled gambling app. So that's <laughs> nice. Right, right. Uh, all right. Well look look, let's get into the Beheim's army stuff real quick. The roster came out about two days after we, we did the show, and we were, well, it was more than that, I think. But we were very curious as to what this was going to be looking like. We talked about the, um, the, the Syracuse Regional, SRC Arena, that's going to be from yeah. July 22nd to the 25th. Uh, Blue Collar U is going to be in that region, which makes total sense. And then Friday Beers, Blue Collar U, that's a Buffalo alumni team. And then Friday Beers is formerly Armored Athlete. So they're confirmed for the region, and we'll have to see um, who else we get in there. And also, we know about uh, last year's roster. Every year the roster changes, of course. But last year, Kiefer Sykes is playing in Indiana, so he's not going to be at the TBT with Bayhams Army this year. He won himself uh, a spot after his star performance last year and helping us get that championship to the NBA. And Tyler Lydon, who, who contributed last year, he has retired. So that is that for those. So returners, uh, DeAndre Kane, Joe, Andrew White, yeah. DJ Kennedy, he disappeared, uh, CJ Fair, the Swan, they're all they're all coming back from last year's team. Eric Dievendorf, notable, um, notably missing from the roster, and we got some new new ones, some really awesome new ones. And this is my favorite right here: these three, Tyler Ennis. Okay, mm-hmm. that's um, that's amazing. Raheem Christmas, that's amazing, and a fan favorite. Who you know who from Syracuse doesn't love? Our boy, Marek Dolzaj. So, I mean, no, no look, way. look, that in itself is going to be fun. So, what about any of this? Oh, and then some new guys, right? So, uh, Debost, who I I don't know if I embarrassingly admit this or if I, if there's a lot of people in the same boat as me, but I don't remember Debost. Okay, in college. And <laughs> forgive me, but I just don't. Uh, many of us remember uh, Kyle Wilcher, uh, formerly from Gonzaga, was what we would know him from during that um, Final Four run in, what, 16? No. Was it 16? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and then I think he played for Kentucky, too. So those two new faces, d from Mississippi State, and I hope it's Bossed because I've said it five times now. So – from Mississippi State. <laughs> I assumed if I was wrong, and, and, and Joe would correct me by now. So, uh, Okay, so first things first, Joe. W- look, I didn't do my research. That's why I have you. That's why I pay you to be on the show. Uh,
0: <laughs> mm. Paychecks have been a little uh, light.
1: <laughs> it's been light. It's been light. Uh, speaking of Bayheim's Army, though, I do got something to bring you. I do have something to bring you. So, for what it's worth. When I come down to see it. Uh, right, so if you remember, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's the thing. Will I remember? That's the yep. thing. So, uh, all right, Joe, tell us about D Boss, Mississippi State. Okay, Mississippi he's State. played he's played in the TBT before. This will be his fourth uh, season, if you will, playing in the TBT. And he played in Turkey, um, I guess against or with whatever with uh, Tyler Ennis. So we're, which is where he's was been playing. So what do you got?
0: Well, you pretty much through it all. <laughs> I mean Oh, sorry. He played No, you're good. I mean, he played in Mississippi State from 08 to 2012. Uh, so he's, you know, he's got experience playing in overseas leagues and he also has experience playing in this uh, this tournament. So, you know, if you need a point guard, so him and Tyler Ramirez were looking like our only point guards and uh, if Tyler Ennis, if it's, you know, a little too difficult for him, or maybe he just can't adapt. to maybe the Elam ending or, you know, just how things are going, then obviously you got D boss there uh, to kind of help. But there is that whole, I think D boss and Kyle Wiltshire and Tyler Ennis all play in Turkey. So I think that was kind of what helped get some of these guys. Um, But there's some people out here that think that this, that this team is rivals or it might be better than last year's, but you know, Tyrese Rice and and, and Kiefer Sykes—they made a lot of big plays, and they were our point guards. So, I think you know, DeBost is—he's kind of coming in. He's got to fill some some big shoes, and um, you know, obviously, as but I mean, we can get Tyler in us. But um, yeah, he's he's a good player. Uh, he can score, and he's uh, a great assist guy as well. So you can't—I mean, he's he's solid. Um, you just got to hope that he can kind of hit the big shots when. Um, you know, Tyre you know, Tyrese Rice and, and Kiefer Sykes did last year because last year we needed him. So maybe we got some scoring in some other places that's gonna help that. So maybe he won't have to score as much. But um I mean yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got. I don't really remember him too much either. Um but yeah, that's where we're at.
1: And by the way, um this all came and I think I saw it oh I know where I saw it. It was texted to me as uh, all Twitter breaking news is by Cuse Waterboy because he knows I hate that place and I'm never on there. So if anything, right. if anything breaks, uh, that's my source most of the time. So Dave McMenamin, uh, McMenamin, is that right? McMenamin, yeah, I believe so. Never heard of her. Sounds good to uh, me. Uh, he's the one that broke the. <laughs> he's the one that broke the news on a source telling him about the roster and obviously Adam Weissman and uh, Sean Belby. Uh, with the roster construction, no men, no mention of Eric Devendorf in there. Now, we know how active he was in recruiting last year's roster and also playing. And in, 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 in I speculated last episode that we, you know, will we see Eric Devendorf? I mean, he went out on top, he goes out and wins the thing, okay? But for him to not be mentioned here or even mentioned like at all as far as maybe being on the bench or anything like that, I was a little surprised by. I didn't expect him to play, but I was a little surprised by that. So, um, anyways, with back to the new guys, and the, the last one here being Kyle Wilcher, uh, a three-banger. And, you know, he can shoot the ball, obviously. And that's going to be huge because we didn't really have that last year. So it was mostly fancy play. So by... The uh, you know Kiefer Sykes who was amazing right so
0: and Tyrese Rice
1: yeah I mean but. yeah of course obviously you can't forget Tyrese Rice but both of those guys were were amazing so we're gonna you know we sacrificed a little bit of that for some some decent shooting right and with Raheem Christmas in um, probably gonna be starting at center right so we we assume um, I don't know I look I love the Marek play. I love that. That's going to be huge. That's going to sell tickets. Okay? But I'll be interested to see. I don't know what Mark's been doing. So it's going to be interesting to see how he jumps back into this thing. And that'll be fun. That'll be fun. That's what I'm looking forward to. And I can't help myself. So that's just how I look at it. But Wilcher Joe, what else you got for Wilcher?
0: Well, again, he plays a turkey. But also, I think he's also... um canadian as well so him and tyler Rennes have that kind of canadian uh, thing too but yeah he i think he was he was the guy 2016 he scored 26 points against us and he's got the the height and the length of you know power forward almost center but he can go out and and, and shoot from from deep and i think this is definitely going to be a guy um that's going to be able to help us because of the fact that we do have some some guys that can penetrate and kick with T.J. Kennedy, DeAndre Kane, and obviously our point guards, Tyler Anderson, D-Boss, so um, definitely look to this guy, and again, I was kind of a preluding to the fact, you know, we lost a little bit of offense with um, the point guard changes from last year to this year, but I think we did gain a little bit of offense in other areas, and I think Kyle Wiltshire is is definitely the guy that's going to boost that for sure. He's a good pickup, man. He really is. So.
1: so I don't know I, when. The, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, I know it's probably tough for some Syracuse fans because, you know, we played against him in Gonzaga and he had a good game. I think he had like 26 points against us in that Sweet 16 matchup. So
1: I think we can forgive him if he can come out and do some damage right alongside I think of us.
0: That's been proven. So, yeah. And, and Tyrese.
1: this being a Syracuse alum team should be squashed at this point, right? I think and I don't I don't. I'm not attached to that to the point where it makes a difference to me, but yeah. obviously we can't call this a Syracuse alum team anymore because they they did it for a number of years and then they they kind of diddled in a little bit and then it got and be a little bit more and then you know and now we're now half the teams you know from from different schools and different places and that's I'm fine with that I want I want trophies right it's still Bayheim's Army you still got the bulk of of you got to, you're always gonna be bringing back some some good play um and some good players that, that we all remember and, and some nostalgia there with, with ennis and christmas. I think that's great. Uh and CJ Fair obviously but um what do you think what do you what were you what were when you were looking or waiting rather for this roster, there was rumors of Buddy or maybe a Jimmy, right? We we heard that there's a possible possibility for a Beheim, right? And mm-hmm. which I guess would have been okay by the rules, right? Because they're not, it's before the draft and all that. Um, So I did, I did hope to see like Buddy. I thought that would have been fun Um, because of, we all know, you know, the drama uh, and how his career at Syracuse ended. I mean, I
0: don't think it is, I don't think it is perfectly honest with you. I think the draft is the end of this month.
1: Oh, is it? Okay. Well, I mean, you speculated. You didn't think he was gonna get picked up anyways. I think he might be right, right. by the way.
0: Well, but even after that, it's no, a situation.
1: No one pays attention to it anyway.
0: Yeah, but if you if you don't, then you can get undrafted this a summer league. and a whole bunch of people go and play. Right, so, so he's gonna be busy. Um Yeah, I think a lot of the people that a lot of the players that are on the team this year, they're gonna be busy regardless. I wouldn't I wouldn't look to be adding any of those guys for sure.
1: How long before we see a Buddy Bayheim or, uh, or or Camelo Anthony, you know. I mean.
0: Well, Melo well, Mel- has got uh, – he's only got a couple more years before he – I mean, I know he's still playing in the NBA, but I don't know. He's on the Lakers this year, and who knows what's going to happen next year. I can only imagine a long he's career.
1: He's had a long well. career in the NBA.
0: Right. He has, 100%. And I just hope that, you know, because he's always been – He's always been a guy like that that was like willing to give back to the community, and I know that he knows how awesome that would be to be able to go up there into Syracuse and maybe host an OCC. I mean, dude, if, imagine if he played. Like, he we're going to be a one seed probably anyway, but like in one or two years, if he were to play, we'd be a one seed automatically. And I just think that he would. I mean, how he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of stuff going on off the court too, business wise too. Uh, so you hope that that doesn't, you know, and he is on the West Coast doing that stuff. And he's been for quite some time because he played for Portland before this. So you never really know, but in Denver, really. So he's been a lot of East Coast minus New York or West Coast minus New York. So, um,
1: I mean, how awesome would it be to see a Buddy Beheim and a Carmelo Anthony on the court together? That would be cool. That'd
0: be really, really cool. i when you look at like I bet you we you see
1: yeah, the old video of uh, Buddy when he was a kid trying to smack his hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look.
0: I think it's, it takes. It's going to take as long as Buddy trying to get to the NBA, not making it to the NBA, playing somewhere overseas, and hoping that that overseas schedule doesn't interfere with his TBT. Right. But I think I think that the, the minute that he. Uh, has got an overseas contract, and then that overseas schedule allows him to play in this. I think that he will, no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, and they'll likely keep the. Uh, well, I guess I don't know the rules of it, but you would think they would keep a regional in Syracuse. You feel like that's going to be if you want to make money selling tickets. I feel like that's a surefire way to do it. Right. I mean, if you if you're looking yeah. at the money end of things, you try to keep that regional in Syracuse. It just makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well and going back to what you're talking about the team too, like I know like you said, it's gonna be Beheim's army and I think it came to a point where we just kinda knew that you know, just our alumni weren't gonna get it done.
1: And it's so the right combination of alumni too though. I mean that just it just wasn't strong enough. You know, they had a right. couple of good runs in the beginning, it just wasn't strong enough and it's difficult. And I think Yeah. I think reaching well, I think out, we hit the Go ahead. We
0: hit the ground running when this first came out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we were, because it was about alumni, and we had a strong alumni that wasn't in, you know, the NBA at that point. And I think that obviously it's grown. The purse has grown, and I think the the um, you know the popularity of the tournament in the middle of the summer has grown, and the seriousness. I mean, you've seen it when you see all these NBA players that are putting up the money for the team, right? On you know, their coaching or assistant coaching. And Demarcus Cousins had a team, and someone else had a team. So, like. When you look at it, it's gotten to where there's better players now that are actually going in and playing, too, from overseas and from other places. So um, it's, it's become tougher to win this tournament, and that's why we had to go out and do that. So that's, you know, I look at it, as long as more than half of the players or at least 50% of the players are Syracuse alumni, then it's
1: fair game. Yeah. Anything else? Had
0: to, had to do it to win.
1: Anything else TBT related before we move on that we're missing? Any?
0: Well, I mean, what what, what do you think about this this team versus last year's team? I know it's kind of similar, but
1: um, I think you already hit it when you talked to when you know when we talk about the guys that we lost and. Just how amazing those guys were were making plays on the inside and things like that, and what and what Kiefer Sykes alone did. I know I keep, you know, Tyrese Rice was awesome, but what Kiefer Sykes did was amazing. Uh, Some of the moves that he put on, some of the shots that he made. I mean, I don't know. You almost have to have so much luck in this thing because it's so up in the air. I feel like any team can beat anybody for the most part. And it's, it's one of those things that's like you do, you need a lot of luck. And Syracuse got a lot of luck last year. Like they hit some shots at a lot of the end of those, towards the end of the you know, tournament in some of those last few games that were just, I mean, unbe- I mean, unbelievably skilled players, obviously, but some luck involved there too. So I don't know, man. I like, I like the Ennis Christmas thing. I do. And, and I don't, and just to, just to see some new faces, right? We're not that far removed from Mark. I don't know, like I said, what he's going to be able to, to do. But all in all, when you look at the whole roster, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a killer roster. And when it came out as just being um, sourced and, and not confirmed, I was like, man, I'll take this. You know, even though I heard rumors of a buddy and things like that, I'm like, I'll take this the way it is. I, if, if it was not to be touched, I would take this, and I feel like this is at least a Final Four team. If you want to call it Final Four, whatever the hell they call it.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I get it. Um, who are these Syracuse players that were on the team last year that are not on the team this year?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, Eric Dorf, Tyler Lydon. Tyler Lydon. And I think that's – wait, no, there has to be more, right? No, no, I think that might be it, dude. I think it might be it right we
0: didn't have a dante green Dante green didn't play no, right no,
1: no, no I would not have last to look i would have to, yeah he played but not last year. I'd have to look up the roster but but the two obvious ones are are Tyler Lydon, who honestly and this isn't a knock, it's just fact uh, he just didn't do that much, and you could tell i mean that it's just you know he was at the end of his career and, you know it just didn't do that much in in with Divendorf. He he played the perfect role that you would expect him to play, but I didn't expect him back. So I don't know. We'd have to look up an old roster, and obviously, um, you're probably doing that right now, right? No, I see you gazing. No, okay,
0: trying to, trying to. It's just (laughs) like I said. It's just the way that if we're missing someone,
1: there's people screaming at their phones or radios right now.
0: Oh, I'm sure they probably are. Yeah, I look at it like like you said, like with Evander being a little bit in the later, you know, stage of his career, and with Tyler Leiden getting to the point where he's going to retire because of an injury. You know, obviously he wasn't moving 100. Like, um, I think that these guys, I mean, I think we got perfect replacements because you know Kiefer Sykes, he's got that NBA contract now. I don't really know what the deal is with Tyrese Rice. Um, I hope he's not playing for another team. Yeah. Right. Um, that's something we might want to check out too.
1: But, oh, Malachi.
0: Uh, oh, okay. Malachi Richard. Which Chris you know, McCullough.
1: I she, oh, I missed a bunch.
0: Well, Chris McCullough didn't play though.
1: That's right, so, he did not play.
0: Yeah. So I mean Malachi, he had, I think, maybe one good game oh, and then Chukwu. I think.
1: Chuku played last year.
0: Huh. Well. He didn't play again, I think we went I think we got better on defense. Think we got better on defense, and, you know, everyone kind of is going to look at Tyrese Rice, Kiefer Sykes, and we're switching them out with Tyler Ennis and D-Boss. So, again, I think that they kind of got big shoes to fill, but at the same time, I don't think they're going to be asked to score as much. I think that D.J. Kennedy and actually DeAndre Kane are going to have to score a little bit more. Uh, Kyle Wiltshire is going to bring a big boost, but um, Rakeem, the defense that comes to Raheem Kismas and Marek, I think is going to be a really, really big, big difference in some of what last year was because there was lulls where we didn't play great defense when there were certain the be- players that weren't out there.
1: Typical Syracuse stuff too, in the beginning of the games. Right. You know, they just didn't fire off a couple times. They almost lost because of it last year, but they just didn't fire off.
0: Yeah. And I also like the fact that you have a situation where they're probably going to play man a lot, especially with the guys that they have on the roster. Um, but that we also have, at least for uh, for right now, I mean, we have five players that, for all intents and purposes, are all from Syracuse. And we could make up a starting five that could go in and play the zone, you know, with the Ennis and Andrew White at the top of the zone with uh, Christmas in the middle and DeMarc and C.J. Fair. I mean, that'd be a pretty solid zone. Um, and they all know how to play it, you know, and they'd all be playing their their positions that they played. So. That would be interesting to see if you wanted to kind of switch things up, too, in the middle of the game.
1: And if you really want, if you want my opinion on who needs to from last year that's going to be playing again, I think C.J. Fair and Andrew White need to. And Andrew White had his moments last year, and C.J. Fair did, too, a little bit. Well, I'd say more Andrew White. But more production from those two is going to be needed. Like, this, it's got to click. You know what was the year? Who was the player that he just t- took all the shots? It Was the year we first started bringing different oh, people yeah. in? And he just he what was Jordan? Jordan... What the hell was his name?
0: Jordan Crawford, maybe. I think, I think
1: so, so. Yes, yes, Jordan Crawford.
0: Yeah, he was an NBA player. Yeah,
1: and and he wasn't. It was like you looked at that year, and you I think it was the year before last, 2020, maybe something like that, maybe no, 2019 I think it was before COVID. Okay, maybe 2019. All right, but anyway, my point is is that. That team just didn't play (laughs) together. So you have to have the fluidity and, obviously, unselfish play. And, you know, you look at, like, Christmas Dolzhai. We know Dolzhai is not a selfish guy. Um, And you just want to be able to have a little bit more production from Andrew White and C.J. Fair. I mean, they played their part. But if all these guys can get clicking, I mean, it it would be – I mean, it could be lights out. They can go back-to-back. Back. And if they went back-to-back, back, I mean, it's totally possible. But if they did, I mean, what was it? Yeah. Oversea, we're, we're talking overseas elite. What would they do, four in a row?
0: Something no, like, God,
1: I forget. Was it something like that, four or five? There was a lot.
0: I mean, there was only one or two other teams that had won anyone different. But yeah, I mean, we could. You're absolutely right. And last year was a little bit different because we still had some guys that... I mean, Tyrese Rice had to come up and, and grab the bull by the horns and kind of be the leader. Plus, we had Eric Devendorf still that I think kind of held everything together. Huh. You got to have that guy, and that's why I think Honestly, we only, I only see nine players on this roster. Maybe it's still a situation because we haven't heard about Eric Devendorf. Maybe he will come out, be maybe a player-coach type thing, something. Either way, I don't see a way that he's not on the bench, at least being right? able to keep these guys unified. Because when you talk about a tournament like this where you throw people together and they're not – they're putting it – well, there's other people putting it in money for because they have sponsors, but like they're not guaranteed any money. And there's a lot of egos and, and – they don't play with each other as often. They don't practice all the time. They get some practice time. They'll get together and whatever. But um, it's it's harder to keep those teams kind of together and, and and kind of align and keep their egos together. Um, so I think that it's definitely a plus having the DJ Kennedys and the DeAndre Kane's coming back for a little bit more of the, you know, yeah. experienced captain type. But also they've already played with C.J. Fair and Andrew White as well. So those guys would be comfortable And, uh, you know, the other guys, like you said, um, a lot of them are very, very unselfish players. So it'll be interesting to see the go-to guy or, you know, the captain that's on the court and and who kind of scoops that up. I mean, Tyler Ennis, he came in his freshman year and did it and surprised everybody. Um, So maybe he comes in as a point guard or at least runs the show, Um, you know, maybe not scoring like Tyrese Rice, but, you know, just keeping everything, you know, kosher and calm like he did when he came in that first year so those are some things to look at um and also i mean they have they have room to add somebody i mean nine players isn't that much so i'd like to see another big man or somebody i mean big unless man, you're just maybe. worried about Rakeem and mark playing against the centers but
1: well you know mark can he can step in there he's done it before um a lot of i'm just looking at the uh the teams and there's a lot. There's a lot I've never heard of, so um, it'd be interesting. I know some of them. I know some of them changed their name. So Virginia Dream, it's their first year, and um, doesn't say who they are, but I imagine, <laughs> I imagine they're to something to do with Virginia, right? uh TV hoping to showcase the talent and their mission is develop leaders okay yeah I don't know but anyways there's a bunch <coughs> of new teams on here and you can check it out at the so all right switching gears here real quick and the last thing on on the agenda really and we bring it up cuz it's fun discussion but we talked <laughs> we talked last show about you know what kind of Like, forcing rivalries is one thing. Trying to find an old rivalry from the Big East is the most realistic option. I mentioned Notre Dame, um, Pitt. And with that said, you know, Dior Johnson announced here recently that he's going to play for Pitt after decommitting from Syracuse, committing to Oregon, and then decommitting from... Oregon and committing to Pitt, right? So he's a he's it seems like in my opinion, you know, we talked a lot about him and this is it's just in my opinion that he's just wants to be a one-man show and he's going to settle at Pitt and he's going to try to be their guy, right? So get as much as much of that spotlight on him as possible. And so when it came down to his top 3, which was Washington State, Mississippi State and Pitt. There was a Syracuse fan at Tyndall Dave who has been in the. He has been in fan be- feedback, by the way, and I know for a fact he has because I remembered the name. But anyways, he comments on on uh, on this post, and it's not even from Dior Johnson's from one of these recruiting sites or whatever. After he posts his top three, it says Syracuse was a swing and a miss. Thank God, Oregon dodged a bullet. Pitt is. Um, is is exclamation point i 'm not sure what that means being at the bottom of the ACC uh, he lasts until December, and Dior Johnson commented on that said, See you in the dome with a with a devil emoji right so this sparked a little bit of controversy and noons wrote about it and uh, you know trying to rekindle this pit rivalry, which i don 't think needs to really be rekindled other than the fact that like Mike waters pointed out the the attendance last year in the dome was bad. The for the Syracuse pick game, the attendance in was not great. It was fifteen thousand. The attendance at the zoo, if you will, for the Syracuse pick game was just terrible. It Was absolutely awful. Right. So how can you have a rivalry without without fans attending such a game? Okay. But we've we've talked at nauseam at times about the Prentice Hub um Joe Girard stuff, which was awesome for those couple years. <laughs> Pitt Syracuse has had some seriously good games over the past few yeah. years. Um, you know, they've they've beat us when they shouldn't have a couple times. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. the past couple years. And, you know, they're fun to hate for me. And I think Dior Johnson is a is 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 the icing on the cake for fun to hate, I feel like. And you know what I'm saying? He's just that guy. He looks a little. He's a little cocky. He's a little arrogant. He's poking fans. And I love all that stuff. I don't fault him for it at all. I love it because I do think that this could be a, a decent rivalry with you know Judah Mintz coming in, right? Two superior freshmen, um, both top fifty at ESPN, right? Am I correct? I'm almost positive. Uh, I think uh, Mintz was 33rd and. I think yeah. And um, Dior Johnson was thirty-five. So you yeah, got two point guards that are gonna be playing. Now Dior Johnson committed to Syracuse and decommitted, right? And then you've got Judah Mintz who committed to Pitt and decommitted, oh. and both of them are playing for the opposing teams, right? So we've got some crossover <laughs> there. So I mean when you when you talk about when you talk about a rivalry and setting something up, You know, this kind of is a recipe for something like that to happen. Now, I'm not trying to force it or anything like that or try to create something that's not there. We'll just have to see. But I think this has got more potential than some of the ones we've tried to force in the past, most notably, obviously, Syracuse and Duke. I think everybody knows how I feel about that. I know the younger fans really love that and want that. But when you go out and get your ass kicked all the time, it brings the fans in, but the games haven't been that close lately. And you got to have two things. You got to have fans and you got to have close games, right? For a rivalry, okay? And I think that this has potential. Look, attendance was down last year. Everywhere. Everywhere. Um, Obviously, 15,000 in the dome seems like a drop in the bucket, right? So it's just because of the size of the place. But you got to remember, 15,000 fans at an on campus event for a basketball game is pretty decent. And. We just compare our own numbers with our own numbers, and that's right. that's part of it. But I don't know, Joe. Uh, with all that set up and how this is going, and you got a, you got a shit talker and Dior Johnson, which is fine. I love it, and you know how I feel about it because um, I, I I always I always patted Joe on the back for that, Joe Gerard on the back for that, because I think he's been. I mean, maybe there's one in between, but like the Eric Devendorfs, like that's why I loved Eric Devendorf is because he just he just is a shit talker i mean just to gets you riled up so i mean i don't know man i don't know judah Mintz, and you know he hasn't responded to any of this stuff that i've seen so what do you think
0: yeah i mean it's i've read a couple articles about how you know he's got you know good family faith all that kind of stuff so he seems like a grounded guy uh realistically to be perfectly honest with you in this case it seems to me like um, you know the cream kind of rose to the to the top of this one. Um, you know, Dior Johnson. Sometimes there's some guys that they you know they max out the potential earlier. They get up there. Not saying that he's not good, right? But then you know it, they max out the potential younger. They get to such a good good at such a young age that their ego grows. The, yeah, uh, some, well,
1: they've been catered to their whole life. Or their whole right, life.
0: and sometimes that's hard to you know control. Um, <laughs> and he he went from in the last two years. Come on. What, being like a top 10, 15 player to now he's ranked back farther than Judah Mintz. So, meanwhile, Judah Mintz just chipping away, chipping away. Seems like he got a good head on his shoulders. Doesn't seem like he's got much of an ego. Like you said, he hasn't responded to any of this stuff.
1: Um, He's going to let his work do the talking, right? Seems like. Well, and that's kind of what it
0: was about right? to me. I mean, it looked to me like... Pittsburgh, he probably, I don't know if he committed, verbally committed there, went there or whatever, and then maybe he got another offer or whatever, but maybe he saw that there was a little bit of dysfunction or there was some things that were going on there that he didn't like, you know, decommitted was he got a little bit higher rated and then maybe decided to land with us after Dior had decommitted, right? And so, um, and as far as Dior goes, I mean, it just seems like he's been chasing playing time. Um,
1: oh, and I don't know man, why yes, he so.
0: came in. I don't know why he, I don't know why he decommitted committed from Syracuse
1: he would have played what to deal with. well well give me you, give your give a little can you give a little bit of the theory or, or what you think obviously just, we don't know for sure but you mentioned something I thought was interesting when we talked about this the other day
0: well I just look at just everything that's happened and just you know you see everything and and how the kids as soon as there's a little bit of adversity or anything he kind of just goes bolts um, doesn't really know how to handle it. He responds in social media, stuff like that. And I just don't see – I mean, Jim Beheim's old school. So I don't see a situation where, you know, this was Coach Beheim's first pick, so to speak, when it came to someone he would like to coach. Um, and maybe, that, that was maybe there was
1: some outside – well, not outside pressure, but some pressure from other coaches maybe saying, hey, you know.
0: Yeah, but I also remember there was a rumor that – when Dior uh, Johnson committed that uh, there was a rumor that um, it wasn't even a hundred percent offered. They didn't really know they were still mowing it over. And then I think there was some back and forth. So, I mean, it's always going to be hearsay. No one's really going to hear about it, but uh, he probably had the starting job locked up, but I just don't think that he was probably the type of player that Beheim was looking forward to playing with. And I don't know if there were some conversations that some people didn't like, um, but yeah, he left there and he went to Oregon again in great school. So you know that he's talented. Um, but he went there because you know they had a guard <coughs> that graduated and another guard that was testing the waters in the NBA. And after he committed, they got two transfer guards, and then the guard that was testing the uh, NBA waters, he came back. So now he's buried in the depth chart again, or he's got some some competition, so to speak. So he decommits. And then he ends up going to Pittsburgh, which seems to be just like perfect combination because he seems like he's going to be in a place where um, it's a little chaotic anyway. And um, there's a lot of, you know, movement with that program the past few years. And I mean, um,
1: Capel's on his last straw over there. I and have that's to the believe, whole thing. Right? Is,
0: yeah. So he's going to let him do whatever. I'm sure Capel <laughs> probably said you <laughs> exactly. can come in, do he wants he wants all the attention. He's going to want to run the team and do what he wants to do. And Capel needs to save his job. So (laughs) to get somebody that decommitted, that was that highly ranked at the end of the recruiting period to get in there um, and with what Jeff Capel has, I'm sure he'll take it. So um, I'm glad that we got the one that we got because again, he ended up being more higher ranked and he seems to be someone with a better head on his shoulders. And um, I guess my only question is, is that, are these players going to take it personally? Like I almost wonder, like, and I'll probably end up going and doing research after this, but I almost wonder, have they ever played against each other? Sure. it sure would have
1: been nice if you did it before the show, but that's okay.
0: Well, I'm. I mean, I just kind of just thought about this, but like,
1: I know. I'm you know with you go,
0: has have they played against each other in AAU? Have they, they actually crossed I, paths?
1: I think in they high have.
0: Or AAU.
1: I think they have. By so, the way, yeah.
0: So, and a lot of times when you're that good, you normally do. Um, so. We'll see. I know there's probably some of these All-Star games. I don't know if any of them made like the Jordan Brand Classic or the McDonald All-American team. I don't know if that's out um, come out yet. But um, yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting to see regardless. We play them two times in basketball and uh, I'm just interested in whether or not the players are actually going to make it a little bit of a, a personal rivalry, so to speak, as well just because of how this whole crazy off season's been. <laughs> so
1: I know. And you know, like while I love like some of the in your face <sighs> I don't know how to put this. How I like some of the in your face, like crap talking on the court. Like with the, what you met, mentioned with Judah Mintz, he's just gonna let his work do the talking. I love guys <laughs> like that too, right? Oh yeah. Now, mm-hmm. now, now the crap talker on the courts—it's always awesome when it's your guy. Like you never mind it when it's your guy, and that, and that stuff pumps you up. So you have yeah, but to Yeah, it's have, not
0: awesome when he's playing bad.
1: It's not awesome when he's playing bad, but chances are, if he's talking some smack, there he's making a run or something. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. But with in Dior Johnson's case, and we just you know we kind of. This has always been my thing, man. I mean, even with Judah Mintz, until I see him in an orange jersey on the court, I'm not going to count my chickens for my eggs hatch. My eggs still incubating right now. This
0: Dior Johnson guy has set himself up to be like a Syracuse orange villain of
1: all time. That's where I was going. Yes. He has done this. He's poked the bear. You know, our fans are as good as any with pushback and one-liners and retweets and all of the fun stuff that I don't partake in. They're good at that, okay? And it mm-hmm. riled them up enough to comment to one guy, Mr. Dave Tyndall. okay? It, it bothered them that much to, to, to message this one guy, and this is no offense <laughs> to Dave. This is no offense to Dave. But I think he's got, like... Uh, you know, not many followers. It's not like a contest here. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it just bothered him that much. It just got under his skin that much. So my point is, is that I think this guy's easily rattled. I'm glad he's not on my team. To be totally honest with you. Like, you could talk all the smack you want on social media, dude.
0: But, it, but it, then how pissed are we all going to be when, if, if, not when, but if he comes in and drops 30 and Pittsburgh beats
1: us? Well, then you know what, dude? Then... Syracuse did not prepare, and we did not learn anything from last year. <laughs> I mean, what else do I have? There's nothing you can say if that's the case, right? You can't hate mm. the guy for it. But, okay, let me give you a hypothetical. What if he comes out and freaking struggles and gets totally shut down by Judah Mintz and is totally visibly frustrated and shaken by it to the point that, you know, we can all see it written on his face? And we whoop their ass. I mean, It'll be f- super. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's gonna. It could go one of both ways, or it could just be land in the middle. They could both score. They could both drop twenty, and both have a really good game. And maybe it's close. And maybe you know, we lose. Maybe we win.
0: Can't wait to see, but it definitely kind of pushed that Syracuse Pittsburgh because I mean, yeah. Well, the, the, to, to, reason, I mean,
1: give your thoughts on the actual like the point of this conversation is is to. Uh, talk about like a rival in, 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 how long do these players play? Right. Obviously it depends on how good they are. Right. So, you know, you're looking at maybe two years with Judah Mintz, maybe not. Depends on how good yeah. he does. Right.
0: Well, some of it's the players, you know, but I just think that the, I think this was a rivalry and I think that it got lost. I think it got lost.
1: I think it got lost when we joined the ACC.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. we, when we were doing that, Jamie Dixon was one of the best big East coaches. Pittsburgh was good. I mean, they were ranked number one. They were getting top five seeds in the NCAA tournament. We had good games all the time, and we were playing each other twice a year every time. So, um, we go to we go to, to the ACC, and the first couple of years is okay, but ever since then, it's kind of just, just going downhill.
1: I mean, really, we talked worst, about Tyler and Ennis, right? It. So, what was the, the what was that ninety footer, or what was that? How, how what was that shot? Like thirty five right? It was like 35.
0: It wasn't, it was, it was a little less than half court.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. I said 90. Uh, so anyway, (laughs) it was like 35. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that. like I remember hating Pitt back then. That wasn't even that long ago. I remember growing up hating Pitt, especially in football. Mm -hmm. Like I just grew Mm -hmm. up with that. Right. Right. Rutgers, Pitt, Boston college football. Like you just hated those guys. Right. Um, and, and I think that's where some of this gets lost with some of the fans that we have today, fans that are probably like our boy Geo. you know he he doesn't remember some of this rivalry before 2014. Mm-hmm. And so right. And so they just you know the Syracuse Duke thing is is, is a, a, what they try to wish into existence. And I like that, but it's just I just don't believe it's the case. And we've had we had some good games. But it just never it just never held strong with me because obviously the Duke UNC thing is just that's second to second to none, and you know when you when you look at what is what the recipe is here for next year, it is going to be for me it is going to be one of those games that I I can't wait to watch. It's going to be a a lot of hype building up to these games, and we don't have a schedule and we don't know when they're going to play, but. I'm hoping that it's going to mean something, especially towards the end of the year. That would be awesome or a c c tournament time, whatever
0: yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to have a rivalry and have good attendance when both your teams suck.
1: that's the other thing I they're mean, both coming off of, they're both coming off of bad seasons, yeah, and I remember going back
0: and I saw somebody did something where they were showing I forget who it was but they were showing. Like and maybe it was during the tournament, or it was during the ACC tournament, or something. And ESPN or ACC Network did it, but they showed the trajectory of like Pittsburgh and Syracuse and basketball and football, and especially basketball, and how good they were in 2013 when they both came in, and how the trajectory has just kind of went down as we've been to the ACC. So I think that has something to do with it as well. We're not as good as we normally are, and neither are they.
1: Yeah, I think. But, I mean, I can't speak for them, but because I don't know their roster. But I think obviously, our basketball. I think all of our teams are on the way up. Syracuse basketball and lacrosse. So, anyways, all right. Anything to wrap it up, Joe? Joe's preoccupied right now.
0: Well, they gotta be. It's they're gonna gotta be end up getting better than what they have been. So I mean, it can't get, get, get worse than last year's we,
1: literally the we worst year, year the ever.
0: So low last year that how could we be any worse?
1: Yeah, so. it's like Joe Biden on a bike.
0: Knock on wood. I don't want to chase us. So.
1: Okay. All right. Oh, God.
0: That, I'm not going there. All that's
1: right. that's all. I think it's
0: about time. That
1: That's all I got. I can tell you're being summoned out of, out of there. So we're going to wrap it up here. Look, um, we will be back. As soon as we can be back, as soon as some news comes out, maybe some football news next would be fantastic and entertaining. So... Once it builds up, we'll be back. Can't wait to do it. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out.
0: Peace. <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX
1: can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders.